Man, if you are a dad and you are here today, I just want you to know um, how, how incredible uh, you really are. I hope you feel loved. Uh, we got a gift for you today, and uh, sorry we didn't get you roses, um, but we did get you bacon. We got them bacon. That's what we got. Oh, yeah. Everyone knows dad loves bacon, right? So we got you some bacon before you leave today, but um, I am so happy to be here. The truth is our team dad just got back from Ecuador today. Today, I literally, we flew into Pensacola at 8.30, and I rushed over here and uh, was here for the first gathering. That was awesome. And to have a couple people that had not slept the last 24 hours that were actually here in church, no excuses. They're like, we're not missing the house. I just thought that's pretty awesome. Isn't that awesome? Amen. I'm, I'm the pastor. They didn't have to do that. I get to do this. But uh, they were here, and I, I just want to tell you, thank you for praying for us while we went to Ecuador. Uh, real fast, we partnered with Forest Children. We were able to love on um, some incredible children that uh, have special needs. And kind of the message we're going to talk about today, being an all-pro dad, um, I think God taught me some stuff, even, even just a, a few days ago, about loving and so we'll get to that in just a minute. But um, dads, would you stand up all over? Would you stand up if you're a dad right now? Would you stand up all over the room? You're a dad. Would you stand up? Let's like really put our hands together, make some noise for these men. Awesome. All right. Appreciate you. Thank you for who you are, for what you do. And, you know, I'm going to speak. And dad is with me, by the way. This is my father, and I'm so excited to have dad. We've never done this before. Well, we just did. We just did last gathering. But uh, we had never done it before that together like this, and, and um, I'm just so excited, man. We, we worked on the message together. Thank God for technology, right? iPhones, yeah. Um, Amen. <laughs> A woman, too. That's right. From All the way from Ecuador to right here in Gulf Breeze, we were working on this message together, and Dad has so much wisdom. He's my hero. I love him. And uh, Dad, you've raised four children, not just you by yourself, you and Mom, done an awesome job raising four incredible kids, um, one um, really special, I know. Your older sister. <laughs> That's right. That's not who I was thinking about. No, I was just kidding. But um, you really have. you got a lot of wisdom that you can speak to us today, and I, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. And um, at, at the same time, dads, we just want to encourage you guys today. Today is not about um, getting a beating or feeling guilty. Today is a, a, a day that if, if maybe you've messed up, today's a day to start over again. Amen. As you, you can begin anew today. So um, really excited about this. Real quick, this is a football, and a guy by the name of Vince Lombardi, at the beginning, opening of every season, Vince Lombardi, you know, Super Bowl trophies named after him. Vince Lombardi, coach, he would hold up the football, and he had all these guys in there. I mean, men making all kinds of money, men that they just rookies, veterans. But he'd hold up the football, and he would say, anyone know? If we have any sports junkies in the house, anyone know what he would say? Can I say it? Yeah, absolutely. Gentlemen, this is a football. That's exactly what he said, Dad. He, he'd hold up the football. You think about it. In the NFL, like they didn't know what a football was. He would hold it up and he'd say, gentlemen, this is a football. And there was something about Lombardi that he understood that you have to go all the way back to the fundamentals, that there's something about the fundamentals that, that you don't assume. 
that you never assume, right? You don't want to assume. Assuming, that's uh, not a good thing to do. They probably you want to take that out of the vocabulary. But um, he, uh, he would never assume that these guys knew what this was. He started right there. Gentlemen, this is a football. And he would start with the fundamentals. And today, we want to do just the same. Um, we want to start with the fundamentals of being a dad. Because the truth is, if you're a father in here today, um, you, you have this innate desire within you to be an all pro. Amen. You really do. Like You want to be that dad. And sometimes we're not that dad. And so, sometimes we fumble and we know we're not that dad. And sometimes, you know, but the cool thing about a fumble is you can pick it up. It's still live. You can pick it up. You can still run. You still gain yards. You don't have to quit. So today, I, my prayer is that it would be an encouragement for all of us. And and we, we say every week, none of us are perfect, no perfect people allowed. So if you're here today, we're glad you're here. Um, if you're perfect, please go somewhere else. Uh, you will screw us up. Um, no one here is perfect, and I'm certainly not perfect as a dad. Um, I think you came really close, Dad, but I, I've got a lot to learn. I'm not either, son. Uh, I've got a lot to learn. So, But fundamentals. Let's talk about these real quick, and we're going to jump in. Four fundamentals of fatherhood. So you may want to take notes on this. This may be helpful. Maybe you're here and you're not a dad yet, but you're married, and you want to be a dad, or maybe, maybe you just would like to be married, <laughs> and, and uh, you're just kind of holding out on that one, but uh, hopefully one day you can be a dad. Um, I thought it was funny. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Mom. I'll pay you later. Take you out to eat. Buy you roses. Do something. Just laugh at my jokes, um, but uh, you know, the truth is, one day, one day, if you're a guy, there's a great chance you just might be a dad, and this is going to help you down the road, so... Um, Number one, that first fundamental, first fundamental of being a, a father, of fatherhood, it's, it's the word love. It's the word love. And um, dad, we come from a great line of men. And, and I'm so thankful for you as a man. Dad, Purple Heart, Vietnam. He's my hero. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, Papa... You know, um, just in hero in World War II. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He really was. Yeah, Did he get a silver star. Or what was it? He he got. I don't. Dad didn't talk about it a whole lot, but he got two bronze stars. And I know that uh, at least when I was in the service, you got different medals for different things. So uh, he actually saved his outfit at one point. Uh, he, but I don't have time to go into. Well, that. let's go into that real fast because okay. that's that's a great story. Uh, Dad. Uh, was a combat engineer in World War II. He was over in the, uh, uh, in the islands, and they were getting ready to make a landing field. He had, had not had much experience on a uh, bulldozer, so after he ate something real quickly while everybody else was in the mess hall, he went out and he was messing around with a, with a bulldozer. Uh, in the meantime, uh, the Japs started coming in. And uh, he saw him, and uh, the story that I got from my brother, dad never told me this, but the story I got from my younger brother was he actually raised the blade up and went straight towards some Japanese soldiers, drove the thing into some water and had to stay under the water for a while. Uh, So gave the men time for them to come out and respond and get rid of the intruders, but uh, God's good. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot from my dad. Yeah, awesome, awesome man. And then, and then Dad, you're... You, thank y'all. Hey, you know, he, Papa, um, Papa was married. How long was Papa and Grandma married? Like 60... Would have been 70 years yeah. if he would have... 
yeah. lived until August. Yeah. And Grandma said right before he died, I heard Grandma say, I've never heard him say, I've never heard him say a bad word come out of his mouth. And then Grandma said, I've never heard him say a bad word about anybody come out of his mouth. And I was, I'll be honest with you, I was like, I was so thankful, but then I, I was so convicted because I thought, well, Steph can't say that. <laughs> you know, One of the know, things my dad... That's who Papa was. You know, <laughs> One of the things awesome. my dad drilled into the three boys, uh, and there were just three of us, uh, was if you don't have anything good to say about someone, don't say anything at all. Absolutely. And I heard that uh, yeah. so many times, and what a good word. Yeah, that's right. So, so Papa, so you and Papa, and then your Papa... Um, just incredible line of men, and, and, and I'm so thankful, because today, the last thing we're going to talk about is legacy, but I'm so thankful, because you guys really, um, you went before us, and you did it right, and you made it really easy for us, you know, you, 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 you allowed me to stand on y'all's shoulders, dad was a church planner, um, started a church in Franklin, Tennessee, so I mean, it's just incredible line of men, and I want you, Dad, just for a minute, I want you to talk about love because you, not only you come from a great line of men, but you are and still are a great father, father of four, um, but you're also a grandfather and you're a great grandfather, you're a great papa. I want to keep that papa in there all the way down, you know, one day I'll be papa. Um, that's a scary thought. Um, but, but uh, we... we, we you know, I just, I feel humbled because you get love. You get that. So would you talk to us, maybe things that you learned from your grandfather or from your father or yourself, being a father, being a grandfather. Talk to us real quick. Give us some wisdom on love because that's the first fundamental. I think one of the most important things, and, and I'm speaking especially to guys right now, but everybody, all, all parents, grandparents, one of the biggest things that sometimes we forget that our children and grandchildren need is our time. Mm. Uh, yeah, I see so many people in this mad, rushing world in America that are so concerned about making enough money or more money or more money or more money. And I've seen it in so many lives where they don't have time for their children. They're making big bucks. Uh, they pull on a $20 bill or a $50 bill and say, hey, go have a good time. Uh, I'll be home tomorrow night at maybe 10.30 or so. And the kids are lucky to even see them. Uh, mm. Makes a tough life. Mm. And, and it makes a child wonder, does, does dad really care? Mm. He doesn't take time for me. Mm. He's not here to listen to me. You know, one of the most important things about being a parent, not just a dad, but a parent, is learning to listen. You know, God gave us one mouth and two ears. Mm-hmm. And we're designed that way for more reasons than the one I'm going to point out. But it's so that we don't talk as much as we listen. Yeah. Because that's the way that we learn. That's the way we teach our children or grandchildren. And, and grandparents here today, mm. you still have a huge responsibility. Yeah, that's a great word right there. That's awesome. I'm going to clap for that. I don't know if y'all are going to clap for that. I'm going to clap for that. That's a great word. That's a great word. That's huge. And you do that so well, Dad. You, you really do. Well, excuse me just a minute, Tim. I, I want to share something with you. You know, I'm reminded just, just yesterday, uh, I thought Riley had done something wrong. 
And I was kind of pinning her down about it. And she said, Papa, I didn't do it. I, it wasn't me. I didn't do it. In my heart, I knew she did it. I went and said something to my wife, and she said, no. It was Jaden that went in and turned that light on. I went back. Listen, this is important, and I don't mean this pat myself on the back. It's something every parent needs to learn. Be man or woman enough to admit you're wrong. Go to the child, and I did. That's right. And said, Riley, I'm so sorry. Papa was wrong. Will yeah, you yeah. please forgive me? So good, Dad. With that beautiful smile, she looked in my eyes and said, Papa, I forgive you. And she hugged me. Yeah. That's important. That's right. We have a saying here at Momentum, Dad, that when you, when you mess up, fess up. And I think, you know, men, we want respect, right? I mean, that's, that's the number one thing is a man is that need to feel respected. And wives, that's the greatest gift you can give to your husband is respect. Um. And, you know, if you're here and you're a teenager, or it, it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, just respecting you, Dad. I'm 38. You know, I'm not a little boy anymore. But and don't to, you forget it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I respect you. And, and every man has that desire to be respected. But, men, one of the greatest ways to be respected is to own up. We all fumble. We all fumble. Guys in the NFL fumble. It's what you do after the fumble that matters. And um, I think... When we talk about love, Dad, love is a verb. Amen. You know, I said first gathering, love ain't soft. It's not great English, but it's a whole lot of good truth. Love isn't soft. And, and oftentimes as men, sometimes we think, you know, if I'm too loving, it's too soft. I'm going to make them weak, and I want to make them strong. But love is strong. There's nothing stronger than love. Amen. Nothing stronger than love. And, and it's not passive. Love isn't passive. Love doesn't just stay at home and let your kids do whatever, and you're not involved in their life. Love is, love is an action. Love is a verb. Love is a verb. Um, you know, I think one of the best ways to spell love is you, you have L-O-V-E, right? Love, but take the L and the O away and replace it with a G and an I, and you have give. And that's what you're talking about with time. The greatest way to spell love is by giving of your time. Because kids spell love, T-I-M-E. They spell, spell it that way. Kids don't want your money. They want your love. They want your time. Yeah. Proverbs 13. I want, I want to read this real quick. Let me get there. Proverbs 13, 24. Proverbs 13, 24. It's a great verse. I'm going to read it um, from the message. And it says this, a refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Get that. A refusal to correct is a refusal to love. Love your children by spoiling them. No, it says by disciplining them. And, and discipline isn't something that we do to our kids. It's something we do for our kids. Um, Mike was here last gathering. We were talking about this. Mike's a former pastor. He texted me that while we were speaking. I was like, I'm so using that next gathering. So I'm just giving credit for it right now. Um, but it's, you know, that's part of love is disciplining your kids. What, what would you say might have been the greatest lesson that Papa taught you about love? That's not an easy one. He taught me so much. Yeah. Uh, I guess to be forgiving. Yeah. Um, you know, I've learned something personally. If you don't forgive somebody, it eats at you and damages you yeah. more than it does them. Mm. That's good. 
so learn true. to forgive. Yeah. That's so, so good, Dad. Love. You know, the second fundamental, so you got love, first love, then lead. And, um, you know, I, I want to say this about love too, Dad. The truth is the greatest thing that we can do um, for our kids, I think, is love our wife. Unconditionally love her and love her in front of the kids, man. Let your kids see you kiss your wife, man. They need to see that. They need to know that mom is all that, that mom is still your sweetheart. Amen. Right? Come on. So Still my bride. Yeah, absolutely. They need to see that. You know, I, I joke with my kids. I'm like, when I'm 95, I'm still going to be chasing her around the house, you know. I'll be like, get over here, woman. <laughs> you know? But uh, I just think she's hot. But, you know, um, that's, that's, you know, but you, you ought to do that, right? Instead of going out and your children watching you in the mall, check out a 20-something-year-old walking by. Right. See, the greatest thing we can give our kids is by modeling to them what real love is. And it's not easy. It's not, it's not always easy. In fact, it's really hard, but it's worth it. Love is the first one. Number two is leading. It's hard to lead. Leadership, I wrote a couple quotes down. Leadership at, home, at the home is even more important than in the workplace. And, and I know I struggle with that, guys. I'm, I'm a pastor. We have leadership meetings. We cast in vision. We're meeting, you know, I'm, I'm meeting with this team and that team and th- these teams and meeting with the staff and, and trying to coach up here and trying to read here and go to leadership conferences and listen to podcasts and, 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 and follow so-and-so on Twitter and just, just continue to learn, 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 learn so I can lead at a higher level. But I'll be honest with everyone here today. It's very easy for me to want to go home and tap out. It's been a long day. Sometimes a 16, 18 hour day. And you go home and the kids are there and then they, they say something or disrespect their mom or they're not listening and it's just easy just to kind of go comatose, you know, and just like, you know, I just want to eat and go to bed. And it's hard to lead. But the most important place we lead, men, is in the home. And that's where true leadership begins. Mark Merrill said, first love, then lead. And leading at home is often one of the toughest places to lead because a couple of things. Number one, you can't hire out disciplining, (laughs) you know? And if you do, it's not going to work really well. You can't fire your child. You can make them feel like you fired them, but you can't fire your child. You, You can't, there's no paid time off, right? There's no bonuses for being a good dad, and there's very oftentimes very little recognition. Talk to me about leading because you led well. And you were someone, Dad, that I wanted to be. Here, here's what I think. I think you wanted to be so much like God because you knew I wanted to be so much like you. And it's not just about me, but for all your children. You know, it's like, Lord, I want to be just like you because they want to be just like me. And you did that awesome. Would you talk to us a little bit about sure. leading? Let me, let me take just a couple minutes here. Uh, this is a quote from Ken R. Canfield. He wrote The Seven Secrets of Effective Fathers. Listen. We learn to father by following models. This one statement embodies both the problem and yeah. the potential. So good. You see, what most of us learn about how to be a parent, how to be a husband, how to be a wife is from our home. Mm. What kind of example are we being to our children? Are we teaching them the right way? I hope so. 
If not, it's not too late to correct it, though. I want to share something else with you. 80%, this was in an optometrist's office, 80% of everything children learn in their first 12 years is through their eyes. Wow. Did you hear that? Wow. Now listen. Think of all they process visually through reading, TV, films, events, surroundings, and observing others, especially their own families. Mm. Wow. I want to share another thing real quickly, and then I'll turn it back to Tim. I recall many years ago, we had four acres in a little tiny spot in the road, had one traffic light there, Hmm. uh, and we got some little pigs. We had to borrow the neighbor's barn because we had to feed them with a bottle. Tim and I would get up, yeah. and we'd go out in the dark out to the barn. Mm-hmm. This one day I never will forget because it was a good reminder to Dennis Payne, the dad, mm-hmm. of the way my child follows me. It had snowed just enough to see footprints. We are walking through weeds out to the barn, and I turned around to look at Tim. I said, Tim, and I turned around, and here's Tim. Trying to step exactly where I had stepped. Yeah. Listen, dads, and don't ever forget it. Yeah. They're watching everything you do and everything you say, and they want to be just like you. Yeah. Because you are their hero. That's right, dad. And I don't, honestly, I don't even think I've ever told you this, to be honest with you. I, I, but I remember, I remember you sitting at the table and I remember you eating um, your favorite soup, right? Tomato soup and crackers. And I, I remember like hearing you eat the soup with those crackers and thinking, dude, I want to make that much noise chomping crackers. Well, I'm proud of that, I'll tell you. Chomping, <laughs> chomping crackers one day, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it was like a man, you know, it was like... You know, I'm not trying to embarrass you, man. I'm just... I'm, <laughs> I, no, I'm serious. I remember thinking, dude, you know, I was a little, <laughs> and thinking one day, man, I'm going to chomp crackers like dad. And, and, and we, <laughs> that's funny. You didn't, we didn't do this first gathering. You didn't know that one was coming, did you? But uh, chomping crackers, hashtag chomping crackers. Um, but, but the truth is, the truth is, that's how it is. I mean, some of us are still wanting to be like dad. So, some of us are still wanting dad's approval. Some of us still wanting to hear dad say, I'm proud of you. So proud of you. Because we esteem dad so high. And that's the way God designed it. That's the way God designed it. Leading is so huge. And man, I just want to encourage us to lead. Like lead your home. One of the greatest things you can do is when the doors are open, and we don't have church like 10 times a week or nothing like that, but on Sunday mornings, and this isn't legalistic, we're not like that. You know, you got vacation, you're a business trip, we get all that. But don't lay in bed on Sunday mornings. And I know I'm preaching choir because you are here today, but, um, you know, some people come once a month. That's right. You know? Um, so or be, once a year. Yeah, right? And, and, and I'm thankful for that. But, but I think, man, as a father, like, lead your family. Amen. Get them here. This, I mean, even divorce rates, when you study that, um, it, it's, it's, it's not perfect just because you're a Christian. But if you will get yourself under the word of God... You will help yourself drastically 
Even divorce rates, you, you study that in, in family and happiness and, and, and so much. Like, get your family in church and, and, and keep them here on Sunday morning. Don't let, don't let your teenage son, you know, as a student pastor for 15 years, and it's not something I regret. It's something I loved every second of. And I love teenagers. We had two of them go on the mission trip. But don't be scared. You know, if your kid wants to stay home, bring them to church. Lead your family to church. Don't ask them, you want to go to church? That's not leading. As a pastor, I'm preaching right now. That's preaching right there, Dad. I'm sorry, Tom. Right. I apologize. As a pastor, I've amen. actually had people say to me, well, it wasn't important to mom and dad. Yeah. Why should I go? Yeah. And, and some, honestly, Dad, I think some fathers are scared to lead in that area. Because they're like, you know, well, if I make my child go to church, then they're not going to, one day when they're 38 years old, they're not going to want to go to church. But that's kind of funny because if you have an elementary boy, like fourth, fifth, sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, sometimes they don't like to take showers. I learned that being a student pastor. We, we had a kid all the way to his senior year. We were like, we will throw your butt in the shower if you don't get in there yourself and, and take a shower. You know, you're going on a road trip and you're like, oh, how can he do that? And he's perfectly fine with stinking. But, but here, here's my point in all this. Um, as a father, you'd make sure, right, that your boy's going to take a shower. Get in there, boy, right? Get in there, man. Take a shower. Come on, let's go. You won't let him come to the dinner table after four days, hopefully. Um, but would you be concerned that when he's 38 years old, he might be scared of taking showers because I made him do it when he was in elementary school? No, that's ludicrous. So lead. I mean, that's kind of funny, but I think it hits home. I just want to share something quickly right there. Uh, I remember when our middle son, uh, with uh, also a nephew, they went to camp at uh, the ranch. Yeah, that's right. And uh, they were bragging about when they came home that they just took a couple showers and they never brushed their teeth. <laughs> and my eyes got big and I looked at them both and I said, get in there with your toothbrushes right now that's and right. BTIB. And they looked at me like, what does that mean? I said, brush till it bleeds. That's right. That's right. That's boys. That's boys, right? Um, yeah, it's got, we got, we got to lead. We, we're called to lead. Um, and don't expect your wife to do it. You know, and, and I want to say this, there, there, there are women here today and men here today that you're doing this by yourself. And I just want to say, you're my hero. I have no clue how you do it, you know, because I, I mean, it's tough, it's so tough, but um, proud of you, you know, and here's the thing, dad, we may not have had a perfect father, none of us did, right. but God is the ultimate, perfect, perfect father. heavenly father. Amen. And so you don't have to do, if your father didn't lead and your father was there, it wasn't that your father cheated on your, your, your mom, but he was just at the house, but it was like you were not there. So he was passive and um, you, you did everything you could to get his attention. And, and you know, the truth is there are people, all, all of us um, in this room today, at one point or another, um, I think it'd be safe to say, dad, that, that our father let us down. And there's some people that still to this day, they have problems emotionally, emotional yes. problems because they've, they've never dealt with that. So the forgiveness, like you said, to forgive him and realize, okay, dad wasn't perfect, but men, you don't have to be that way. You can turn it around. You can start, yeah. it can be a brand new page. It can be a blank canvas. Um, and then listening, that's the, that's the third one, right? So we have love and then lead and then listen. Uh, listening is huge. So I want to listen to you, Dad. I want to listen to you talk about listening as a father. 
First of all, I want to give you a quote from Billy Graham. This is what he said. Our days are numbered. One of the primary goals in our lives should be to prepare for our last day. The legacy we leave is not just in our possessions, but in the quality of our lives. What preparations should we be making now? The greatest waste in all our earth, which cannot be recycled or reclaimed, is our waste of the time that God has given us each day. Boy, when I read that, it blew me away. I, I know I need to do some things for God. The Lord's been telling me for some time to write a book about my experience with losing my first wife in an accident mm. and what our whole family went through because I think it could be such an example to help Christian or non-Christian people to encourage them and let them know how God is there for you. Yeah. Uh, how can we do it? Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's the way any parent can do it, through mm. the Lord. We should honor our fathers who gave us life, but especially those who showed us how to live. Now, men, that's what you need to do. Uh, my father was a craftsman. He was a builder. He was a general contractor. My dad had very little education. Uh, my grandfather... Uh, Papa Payne actually went to go stop a drunk man from shooting right across the road from him where he had his shop, and he shot out his, I believe it was his left eye. That bullet was never removed, and he wore a glass eye for the rest of his life. Mm. Tough guy, mm. tough guy, little guy, 120-some-odd pounds, and yet he was so strong he could pick up a, a, an anvil a 90-pound anvil with one hand and raise it out like this here and hold it up. That's I challenge you, man. From. Try that. Just try holding it straight down and see how that works. That's where I got see it See how it starts sliding. I was wondering. That's why you're Good so genes. strong, Tim. Good genes. Okay. Uh, my dad was a craftsman. He could build anything that could be built with a hammer and nails, and it would always be a thing of beauty. Mm. Dad used to laugh at people that weren't craftsmen, and he'd call them up. A wood butcher, that's what I am, okay? <laughs> Anyone can hammer a nail into a board, but only a craftsman can build a house or, listen, a home. Yeah. With quality, precision, and beauty. Men, I challenge you today, yeah. especially you men or you single parents, yeah. build your family into an example of quality, usefulness, and beauty to God's glory. That's good, Dad. That's good. Um, Let me throw one more thing, Tim. I'm sorry. I apologize. I know we're running short. Nehemiah went and inspected the walls of Jerusalem. They'd been broken down. The gates had been burned. He was heartbroken. Mm -hmm. He went and inspected the walls. He didn't even tell people except a few that went with him what he was going to do, and he he was heartbroken. I, I have this vision of him crying as he saw this wall. Yeah. And he said... Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem. And so, men, I challenge you today. Build up the wall of your family. Come on. Even if your home is not what it should be, or maybe even if it's in shambles today, it's not too late. That's right. Don't let time slip away. You still have an opportunity. So good, Dad. That's good. Absolutely. Well, we ought to listen to that. What a great word. 
Proverbs, speaking of a great word, Proverbs in 18, Proverbs 18, 13 says this in the message. It says, answering before listening is both stupid and rude. I wrote my Bible, Lord, help me to, help me to listen before answering. A, a wise man once told me, he said, um, listen to hear, don't listen to respond. So many times I... You know, I, I, I do that. I listen, and I'm listening to respond because I'm like, oh, yeah, I can fix that problem, right, as a guy. Oh, yeah, I got, I got it, but we're not listening to hear. And I think our children need us to hear, to listen to them, and they need to know that, that they, they can come to us. And uh, I, I want to flip over real fast to Ephesians. Can we throw that verse up, Ephesians 6? While they're doing that, a good example of that, we lived in a double-wide trailer for many years, and I remember when Tim was little, they had a bunk bed. Tim loved being on top. I think he was about maybe six years old, something like that, terrible storm one night, so that it was even shaking the double wide. I went into the room, pitch black, you couldn't see that. And I stood there, and I said, Tim, he was crying, he was upset, I said, Tim, it's okay. Daddy's here for you. Just jump, son. I'll catch you. Mm-hmm. He trusted me to jump into my arms. Guys, trust the Lord. Mm. Trust in, in him and jump into his arms as Tim jumped into mine and be the dad that you should be. Yeah, that's a great word because it's scary. You know, it's often scary. Ephesians has this to say, Ephesians 6, 4. It should be on the screens here. But it tells us, fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. And I think one of the greatest ways that we can provoke them to anger is by not listening. It says, by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Someone say discipline. discipline. Someone say instruction. It's like you're a coach. Right? You're coaching your kid. And here's the thing. I know this being a student pastor, oftentimes teenagers, they would not open up to mom and dad because they were in, they were in fear mode. If I tell them this, they will, ah, and I don't want to face their wrath. But um, I love what Andy Stanley said at a leadership conference we went to. He said at dinner time, I thought this was great, something I need to work on. But he said at dinner time, we would just ask a lot of questions, my wife and I, and we would listen. And he said the secret was never to act shocked. He said, sometimes Sandra and I would go after dinner, we'd go to the bedroom and be like, you know, he's like, from what we heard, he said, but, and it was so awesome. He said, we never act shocked when they told us whatever at the dinner table. Why? Because the moment we do that, the moment they shut down. And he said, it wasn't that we didn't address stuff or talk to, but in the moment, we just wanted to foster that communication, listening. Um, I wrote down a couple of things. You want to say something, Dad? I do. You know, there's a difference between punishment and discipline. The goal of discipline is correction. Yeah. Did you hear me? The goal of discipline is correction. Whatever type of discipline you use, you find what works best on your children. Yeah. Use it. Use it for God's glory. Yeah, that's right. That's right, and, and, and you, have to, you have to do that. We already mentioned that, but you have to discipline them. It always boggled my mind when you would watch parents with children, and they would not discipline them, or they would not correct them when they were young, and then wonder why they struggle with them when they were old. 
Yes. One more thing, yeah. quickly, Tim. I'm sorry. Y'all see where I get it. Uh, I, <laughs> who, me? <laughs> uh, when I was a young man, I was uh, an assistant pastor and principal in Fort Pierce, Florida, uh, of a Christian school. We, at that time, went through eighth grade from K-4. Actually, I think we had a K-3 there uh, through eighth grade. Uh, there was a young lady that was in eighth grade, actually, my home room. And uh, her dad was on the board of the public school there. She'd gotten in so much trouble, they kicked her out of school, so naturally the best thing to do would be send her to a Christian school. Susan had a knack for getting in trouble. One day she was seated in front of me in in my office. I'm looking across my desk at her, and I said, Susan, you know what you did. Why did you do it? You know you're going to be punished. You're going to get spanked. She looked at me and listened to her response. It could have, you could have blown me over with a straw. She said, Mr. Payne, I wish my parents were like you. When they say something, they never back it up. When you say something or you set a rule, I know that's the way it is. Parents... That's what your kids are really looking for. Yeah, yeah. so true, Dad. I, I wrote down a couple of things. You may want to write down a few of these questions, but one of the things that I learned from allprodad.com, you ought to get that, allprodad.com. They'll send you an email every day. At the end of the email will be a daily huddle question where you can huddle with your kids and you can ask them this question, just get that conversation going. Um, but, but, you know, through that, I learned one of the greatest things that I can do as a dad is pray with my kids. And so, you know, I love telling them Bible stories and acting out Bible stories, and that's always fun. But one of the greatest things that you can do with your kids is get them on their knees at night and pray. Show them God's real to you. That's right. Because they need to see your prayers answered, but they need to see their prayers answered answered. Amen. And that, that takes it to a whole nother level. I'm sorry, Tim. I really shouldn't do this. But one thing we did, and my wife, <laughs> my wife's laughing at me right now. Uh, Georgie made a list where the kids and we would have prayer requests, mm-hmm. and she put it right on the refrigerator. And it was astounding how excited the kids would get when we could cross something yeah, off because right. God had answered right. our prayer. Yeah. God is a personal God, and he cares for our family. Yeah, that's right. They'll never forget that. Um, listening, a couple things, samples, you know, great questions to ask. I, I wrote some of these down. How do you know I love you? It's a great question to ask your kids. What is one thing I can do to better lead our family? What a humbling thing, because they always tell the truth, right? Um, what are three words that best describe you? What's the, what is most important? What a great one if you have teenagers, college students. What is most important to you? Who you are or what people think of you? That's good. And then why? Uh, what about this one? Any, anything bothering you lately? Are there any promises that I've made to you that I haven't kept? How do you know I love your mom? What is... What is one of your favorite memories with me? And then I love this one, last one. What is one thing that we have never done that you would love to do with me? And, and it doesn't matter how old we are. We still, you know, if our dad's still alive, there's still things that we want to do with dad. 
you know, Dad, one of the things that we've been talking about doing is, is taking our motorcycles and going to North Carolina. Hey, right? man, when are we going to do it? We need to do it. So, um, Honey, you can follow us. That's right. But, but the truth is there's, there's some of those desires still alive. And so I just want to kind of call out, whether you're man or woman, um, reach out to your dad. And if there's forgiveness issues there, forgive them. Um, maybe you need to listen to his side of the story. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a father here today and you're like, I've messed up, I've screwed up. I mean, we were in Ecuador and one of the ladies on our team, she's, she's in her country where her dad in the same city and he doesn't even care to see her. And I'm like, how messed up is that? He's missing it. But ultimately, here's the thing. The last point we're done, but is legacy. Men, we're going to leave a legacy. When I talked to dad about the message, we were talking about both of his grandfathers. And he said, well, this one really set the example and this one didn't. This one set the example what not to do. This one set the example what to do. The question is not whether or not we're going to leave a legacy. Uh, The truth is we're going to leave one. The question is what kind of legacy are we as men going to lead? And I I think, um, last thing I want to say, Dad, is I think in in Ruth chapter 4, um, there's a story of Boaz, and we don't have time to go into all that, but this man stood up and he led, and then God blessed him with a son, and another, and then that guy had a son, that guy had a son, and so you had um, just a legacy of men that knew what it was to love God and to serve God, and. I, I want to leave that legacy, man. My, my heart is for Jaden and Riley and Gavin to love God above everything. I don't care what they do. I don't care if they do this or do that. I, I, I think it'd be cool if one of the boys was a preacher, but I hope all three of them are a preacher. If he's a heart surgeon, I hope he's a preacher of God's grace. If he's a football coach, I hope he's a preacher of God's grace. You know, it's... um. That's the, the big thing for me. So, Dad, anything else? We, we'll land Just the plane. Just one thing I want to add, you know, and I guess it shows the kind of love that I had as a son from my dad. Never will forget. Just thinking about it almost brings tears to my eyes, and I don't, as I've gotten older, I cry easier, but I never did as a young man. Uh, yeah. I was shaving, getting ready to fly out in Fort Dix. I was home. My dad came into the bathroom. He'd been through World War II. He'd been through some tough combat. He looked at me. He wouldn't cry, but he had a tear in the corner of his eye. And he said, son, if I could, I'd go for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what fathers do. They love. They lead. They listen. And they they leave the legacy. I'm so proud of you, Dad. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. I love you. Awesome. You see on the screen, Boaz. Some of you probably never heard of Boaz. Can we put that verse back up real quick? Never heard of Boaz. Obed. Don't really hear a lot of Bible stories about him. But you hear about a guy named Jesse who had a son named David who had a son named Solomon. His legacy.